Nothing great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Welcome back. It is episode 44, and it is a quick little change in the programming note once again. I do apologize. Um, the, the the projects I've been working on, the Decade of Dominance and the Ozebu, uh, the watch-along of the Ozebu match, the, the match shortly after the death of Ozebu, which, of course, was six years ago yesterday, January the 5th, um, was the death of Ozebu, the match that followed on January the 12th against Porto. That watch-along, I have not been able to do that yet. That deserves my utmost um, time and and my utmost attention and I'm not I would I decided not to rush it and not to, to just put it out for the sake of putting it out so my goal right now is to have that episode out on the anniversary of the match of itself which is January the 12th of course Benfica's fixture list is getting um is coming hot and heavy now as we've got three matches in the next nine days if I'm not mistaken um so Benfica gonna or I shouldn't say in the next nine days but there's three matches in nine days coming up uh, starting this coming Friday when Befica hosts Sportive de Zavs at home. Um, again, as uh, w- you know, we hit, we hit the second to last week of of the first half of the season, and Befica still holding the the four point lead in the Liga Nage. Of course, no help from our rivals. Uh, you know, on the other side of the Skunsirklad, uh, absolutely. Pitiful marking performance by them uh, to allow pr- the worst player on the field, essentially, Tiquinho Suarez, to score a goal and to win the game for Porto and to do the stupidest dance I've ever seen um, as as uh, Porto keep pace with us. And, uh, well, as we know, we're going to have to do this on our own. Um, so that that's just where we're coming with, with uh, 
programming in the in the near future. Of course, following that Avs game, we have a Tasset Portugal game on the following Tuesday against Hiwav before we travel to Sporting on that Friday. And you're going to see a much different Sporting on that day than you saw yesterday. You're going to see a much more motivated Sporting because uh, they will do anything against us because we are there. Their whole season comes down to how they do against us and if they can stop us from winning something. So that's where the show is right now, but I am still working very much on those other projects. Like I said, I'm working on the the Decade of Dominance series. It really is a series. There's a lot of work that's going to go into it, but I do feel it. I'm going to be very proud of it when it's done. I think you're all going to like it. Um, and when it is ready, it will go out with the quality, you know, the best quality that I can possibly put into it because I don't want to hurry anything and put it out just for the sake of putting it out. That's not the way that that I want, you know, that's not the way that I want to to do it with this podcast. That I don't want anything to be rushed out just for the sake of getting it out. Quality over quantity for sure here on Mr. Befica. All right, stay right there. We got a match to talk about today. We're talking about the victory 1-0 on the road in Guimarães this past weekend. All right. We will talk about that uh right after right after this quick little break where we pay a couple bills. We got the news on the other side of Reconquista and then we're talking Guimarães Benfica round number 15 of the Liga Nage. Stay right there. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Also on Facebook, just search Mr. Benfica, two words, and the show's Facebook page will come right up. All right, stay right there. We'll be right back. Sofrida a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carregas sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé 
And in the news for this week, the week ending January the 10th, here's what's on tap. Now, there's good news and there's bad news this week. Um, I've been debating all week about which one to start off with. We're going to start with the bad news. And anyone who's followed my social media uh, knows that I have been uh, somewhat vocal about this. And I've actually I've actually communicated with some of you on this. We, we, I've had some good conversations, some good, um, some good messaging back and forth with some of you. But the bad news, and it is involving, of course, my beloved women's football team at Benfica. That's right, Benfica ladies. And one of their top, if not their best player, Jace Brazil, World Cup veteran Jace Ferreira, has left Benfica on a mutual agreement with the club. The club announced this last week. And this came as a shock to myself and as a shock to many of you and to many of those that follow Benfica you know, Benfica Feminino, who follow the women's football team at Benfica, Jace, again, like I said, probably the most talented player overall in the entire Portuguese league. Um, there's not much information that was that was given publicly, but um, I have hypothesis as to why she left. Um, it, I have to say that since she returned from the World Cup, she never really integrated herself or reintegrated herself back into the squad as um, she started the season late and, remember, did not even dress in the Super Cup match as well as also, you know, coming off the bench for many of the of the matches this season. And it's really um, worrisome to me that both of our World Cup veterans have now left the club by mutual uh, consent or by mutual agreement Um as it's been, Jace has left, and earlier this season, uh, Tyla left, and uh, she also was at the World Cup with Brazil this past summer. Both of them have left, and like I said, it wasn't even for a transfer. Um, I know that the women's game, the market is not the same as in the men's game. I don't even know if there are many transfer fees collected in the women's game, um, but it, rumor is, and it sounds like she is going to return to her club in Madrid, the uh, I believe it was called Madrid Femenino or, or Club Madrid. Um, she's going to return to Club Football Madrid, I think is the name of the club, where she had joined Befica from. And uh, this is very disappointing that, that this is happening at the middle of the season. Um, you, you really have to ask questions as to what's going on inside that squad. There's this For the first time since this project has launched, there's, um, there's a little bit of, of questioning going on. And I'm very curious and uh, quite frankly worried as to what's going on inside the camp. Um, it looks like they're, from the outside at least, it looks like there's some discontent. I'm sure money was an issue. And like I said, what these players are paid is not really disclosed. I've looked high and low, and you really can't find anything on what these players are paid. Um, she probably wanted more money, and rightfully so. I mean, she is a Brazil international. That's not just anybody. Uh, also, I don't know, and, and uh, this is all speculation, so I don't want to pin this on the manager, but I don't know how well she's gotten along with uh, with Luis Andrade uh, this season. You know, we saw last year with João Marques just how how tight knit that team was, and just how close they were to their manager. Um, you could see it. You could see it in the eyes of the players and in the manager when they talked about each other. Um, Luis Andrade, 
I've been super impressed with as a coach. All right, all of his his management, I've been very impressed with. But he's a different personality, um, or at least appears to be. I obviously don't know him, so I can't say that. But from from the appearance, appears to be a, a colder personality or a cooler personality, uh, less emotional, perhaps less wearing his heart on his sleeve, a little more calculated, and perhaps he it just wasn't a good match. Um, I'm sure the playing time is an issue. I mean, you come back from the World Cup and you find yourself sitting behind, you know, quite honestly, a semi probably a semi-professional player, and whoever that player may be, you know, she's there. There's no one on that on that team that can match her for talent. So I'm sure it's frustrating. Perhaps there was some work ethic issues in there. I don't know. I'm speculating. But, again, this is very worrisome. Um, the season is only half over. Nothing's been won. And we got the the, the Tasa de Liga Femenino, the Women's League Cup, this week, the Final Four, starting on Saturday against Sporting in the semifinals. And we've got the entire second half of the season to play. We still have to go to Sporting. We still have to play Braga one more time. We got to play Fofol one more time. And of course, assuming we can hang on and win the championship, there's Champions League next year. And Jace is the kind of player you need when you go to the Champions League. And again, like I said, um, a lot of you have communicated with me about this. And uh, I think it's pretty awesome, actually, that, uh, Women's football has got this kind of, of buzz going on right now at Benfica. And a lot of us, we have to admit, um, are more interested in this than probably we thought we would originally be. Um, like I said, in the episodes where I've covered this team, they've absolutely, you know, they've absolutely won me over. Um, just as as uh, Elder Kundut said in, in one of his, when he was commentating a match last season, Fiquei conquistado por esta equipa. You know, I was completely conquered by this team. I, they won me over. I fell in love with this with this team, and Jace is a big part of that. So this 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 loss hurts. Hopefully, the club can move forward, and hopefully, there'll be some big signings. You know, in the off season, and we can continue to improve this squad and really work for all those goals that the team has. And speaking of women's football, now we have the draw went down this week. For the round of 16 in the Portuguese Cup. Remember, we are the holders of the Portuguese Cup in the women's game. So here is the round of 16 as it came out of the pots. Sport Club Torreense will take on Benfica. That is Torreense. Um, home, you know, they played their matches, of course, in the town of Torres Vedras, which, if I'm not mistaken, is home to Cynthia from Azagias. I believe she was born there. Um, that's her hometown, and it's not far from you know where my family stays, and not far from my my grandparents' house. Um, just a few municipalities north of there, and um, it should be an interesting matchup. Obviously, a second division team, Benfica will have to go in there and just take care of business. But uh, a good opportunity for Benficaistas in Torres Vedras to watch Benfica's women's team play. Uh, elsewhere, the other matches in the round of 16. Here's a big one in the for the round of 16. Sporting Club Portugal, Sporting Club Braga. That's right. Uh, the second and third place teams respectively right now in the Liga BPE have been drawn against each other in the next round of the cup. One of the three favorites will be eliminated at this stage. Vila Verdense will host uh, Associação Desportiva de Grijo. Cadima will host Amora. Famalicão and our former coach, João, P, uh, João Marques, excuse me, uh, they'll be hosting Paio Pires. 
at home, of course. Um, finalists from a year ago, Valadars Gaia, will welcome Istoril to their home facility, while Humarij will travel to Ovarense and our neighbors in the Benfica neighborhood of Fofó, as we call them. Club Benfica will travel all the way up north to take on Gil Vicente in Barcelos. That is the way it shakes out for the round of 16 in the Women's Portuguese Cup. Okay, let's get to the good news. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to talk about this. Um, you've all heard it by now, no question. Benfica have signed German international Ulian Weigel from Borussia Dortmund for, an, uh, for a reported 20 million euros. Uh, 24-year-old midfielder, defensive midfielder, can also function as a central defender, has five caps for Germany, and he has played in 20 of 26 matches for Dortmund this this season. Um, this is a huge a huge signing for Befica. This is this is maybe, and I've read this uh, commented on on several places, whether it be at Abola or at uh, Zero Zero or or even in communication with some of you guys. This is the biggest signing perhaps ever in the Portuguese league. Um, it's the fact that you're getting a German international, 24 years old, just about to hit his prime, and you've brought him to Benfica. This is uh, a signing, like I said in the last episode, that will absolutely raise the envy and the jealousy of our rivals. They are in no position to make this kind of signing. In fact, um, they they can't even renew with the players they have. They're having a hard time just ma- renewing contracts with the players they have. And here we go, and we go get a player of this caliber. I think this is going to be a huge, huge improvement to the squad as we go forward. It's going to bring huge depth to the midfield. Um, unfortunately, I believe it, it spells the end of the road for Fasia and even possibly for Samadish. You, you all know how I feel about Samadish, but uh, I can't see this. Is, I can't see how we're going to have three defensive midfielders in this team um, at the, this stage in their careers. Of course, we've also got Florentino who who needs to play, and perhaps perhaps Weigel is going to be the long term replacement for Florentino if the, if those offers are still on the table. Um, Florentino has fallen out of favor with the manager. It seems he has not played in in quite some time, and uh, I'll be interested to see if, if he if he starts getting some of the rub in the cup matches or in the in the Europa League matches because I fully expect a Julian Weigel to step into the starting 11 sooner rather than later. Perhaps we'll see him already on Friday against Sportivo de Zavge. We'll have to wait and see. But um, we... I believe that 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 spot is going to be his. I think he's going to partner with Gabriel, to be honest with everybody. Um, and I think there's a you're going to see Tarapt competing with Shaquinu, perhaps for that second forward position. Um, but again, Benfica have more flexibility now. You go to a match away to to Udrigão, like we're going to go in about a month's time. Now you can play a different line. You have more flexibility. You have. You can strengthen the midfield, or you're gonna play at home against a team you gotta beat. You now have you can use different combinations now for different situations, rather than rolling out the same eleven every match. So I think Benfica got considerably better with this signing. All right, so if someone comes in, others have to leave, of course. And the biggest news in terms of exits is, of course, RDT Raul de Tomas has been sold. 22 million euros to Espanyol in the 
Spanish La Liga Espanol, of course, bottom of the table in Spain, desperately doing anything they can to strengthen their squad to avoid relegation. And uh, RDT will join up with uh, former Benfica player Facundo Ferreira, um, who, uh, as you know, is on loan from Benfica there until, I believe, the end of either this season or next season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see... uh, It'll be interesting to see now from from a distance if Raúl de Tomás settles back into Spanish football and starts scoring goals again. Um, honestly, uh, I'm sad it didn't work out. I had really big hopes for the player. I think he's still a quality player. I don't care what anyone says. He didn't really get his chance to play his position, especially not uh, not in a situation where he was surrounded by a team that could feed him and could give him the service that a true number nine needs. He uh, too many times was was stuck in the Chiquinho role or the role that Chiquinho plays now. We were calling it the Jean Felix role at the time. Not his game. Um, very hard adjustment to make. If you go f- from being a strength, you know, in the box presence, to having to be a guy that that makes runs between lines and open space for other players, it's a, it's a much different, much different uh, role. And yes, a, yes, some. Players adapt to these changes better than others, but I've said from the first time I saw him receive a pass that there is quality in there in that player, and I don't doubt for a minute that it could come out at Espanol. But Benfica, pending pending incentives, I believe um, a twenty two million dollar sale. I think twenty of it is guaranteed. So basically, they got back what they spent for him. So a very good piece of business by Benfica. Um, Bruno Lage also said it was reported in Ebola. Um, Bruno Lage said that they were going to reject the offer. They had every intention to keep to keep RDT, but the player was was intent on on moving on. the The player wanted to return to Spain. Also, in the world of sales, and we're talking Benfica, some more profit coming in. Uh, American midfielder Keaton Parks has. Uh, has been sold, or I should say 50% of his rights have been sold to Major League Soccer's NYCFC, New York City FC, uh, for a reported $1 million. Remember, Benfica spent $100,000 um, purchasing the player from Verzee not that long ago, about two and a half seasons ago, and uh, he came through the B team, uh, got, got a couple runs with the first team, not much, he did do a pretty good preseason with Benfica, not this past summer, obviously, because he was playing Major League Soccer, but the previous summer. Um, he's a United States international with one cap, and a good move for him because I think he had a very good season at NYCFC. Benfica retaining 50% of his rights also open up the possibility to bring in a little more a little more revenue down the road if the player continues to grow and to progress the way that he can. It's a good a good uh, bit of business again by Benfica. And let this sink in for a, for a minute because Keaton Parks has gone has left Benfica for a $1 million transfer fee and Herrera and Brahimi left our rivals for nothing. So let that sink in for a minute. Triperus, uh, um, let that sink in. Also this week, PZ elected Player of the Month for December in the Liga Nage. Um, no surprise there. The player was absolutely on fire. 
as I turn my page here, there is more news this week. We're not done just yet. Um, also, in the in terms of awards, Bruno Lage wins Manager of the Ma- of the Month for December. Let's go to the results for round 15 of the Liga Nage. All right, we're starting off on Saturday, January the fourth. All right, round. 15 Liga Nage do Sportivo das Aves. Our opponents Friday, this coming Friday, um, drop a 1-0 defeat at home to Santa Clara. Big win for the Azorian side on the road. Boa Vista won. Portimonense won. The shock result, or at least the story of the week, Bulanes Sad won. Sporting Club de Braga 7, former Benfica midfielder Ruben Amorim in his debut as manager of Sporting Braga, winning 7-1 at the Jamur in the borrowed home of Code City. And of course, Vitória Guimarães nil, Benfica won the game we're going to talk about in this episode on Sunday. Passos Ferreira 1, Moreirense nil, Rio Ave nil, Maritimo 1, a rare Road victory for the Madeiran side. Tondela won. Gil Vicente won. The <laughs> in the battle between uh, brothers or lovers, if you will, <laughs> Sporting won. Football Club do Porto two. Family count three. Vitoria Stubal nil. Those were the results in round fifteen. That is the news for this week. Stay right there. When I come back, we're going to get right into Vitória Guimarães versus Benfica from the Dão Alfonso Riques. All right. It was round 15, like we said, of the Liga Nage. And we will be right there talking about it on the other side of this break. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. Don't move a muscle. We'll be right back. Jogar dois com o um jogador aleijado. É o filho da puta! Não, isto é uma vergonha. O futebol português é uma vergonha. Fazem pouco de toda a gente. Mas vocês, é vocês, comunicação social, são a pior vergonha que existe em Portugal. Obrigada, é assim, Guimarães, os adeptos a serem efetivamente, a não haver condições de trabalho aqui neste local onde nos encontramos e de facto a sermos que ressair deste local. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 44. What you heard there? That was from CMTV. That's right. That's Correio da Manhã TV uh, outside the the Dom Afonso Henrique Stadium following the match as the Guimarães fans livid. Um, somehow creating this, this, this notion that, that uh, <laughs> Benfica was somehow carried in this match. Um, we're going to talk about that. Uh, a lot of inventing going on by... Uh, the, by the press, or I should say, by by the the elements of the press, the 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 green, the red, the blue, the 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 you know clubistic elements of the Portuguese press. As um, the reporter there was just trying to get a, a post game um, reaction from a fan outside the stadium, he grabs her. He starts to grab her to say that you know uh, the the red Ferrari comes in and. Uh, <laughs> Six minutes of extra time or something, this and that, and he he tells her that you know the, that the media is the worst part of Portuguese society, and she quickly tries to get away as he's grabbing her arm. Um, you know it's all caught on camera. Go to YouTube and look that up. Uh, CMTV, 
Guimarães Benfica. If you search it, that'll come right up. That was uh, the reaction in what was a very, uh, very animated, very emotional match. Um, an atmosphere unlike any other when Benfica or anyone else for that matter travels to Guimarães for these matches. Um, there is no doubt that uh, it's one stadium in Portugal where Benfica do not get the home field advantage the way they do pretty much in the rest of the north with the, ex- of course, with the exception of the Dragão. Um, even in Braga, Benfica, it's a much friendlier ground for Benfica, but Really, a uh, a you know, as you say in Portuguese, the 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 atmosphere was was very cant, muito cant, as um, you know, emotions and and uh, just yeah, emoção, emotions were just high, as it was fever pitch. As Guimarães really put on a good performance. I I every time Benfica goes there, it's a tough tough match, and it was not. A well-played match from Befica's part, but they grinded out a 1-0 result, taking three vital points home because you know that the team in second was sitting there hoping to, uh, they were hoping to see us drop points in this one. They were hoping to be able to catch up a little bit. They knew they were playing their little brothers on Sunday and it, you know, and that match went pretty much like sibling rivalry. The big brother beats up on the little brother, um, or at least gets the better better of the little brother in the end. But big, big victory for Befica. Not the best performance, obviously, but very, very good result and three crucial, crucial points in this 2019-2020 Liga Nage season. Befica get the year off on the right foot. Of course, with all the excitement surrounding the team, with the addition of Julian Weigel, and um, you know rumors about Bruno Guimarães and, and and other players possibly still joining, um, or at least being signed in this window, Benfica had to focus. This wasn't going to be an easy match to focus for. Um, let's get right into the the lineups here, as it is on Saturday, January the 4th, of, again, of 2020, the first match of 2020, the first match of the 20s, Befica on the road at Vitoria Guimarães, Stadio Dom Afonso Henriques in Guimarães, the 11 beginning with Vitoria Guimarães, coached, of course, by Ivo Vieira, very, very good Portuguese coach, on his way up, and I think you're going to see this manager take over a big club somewhere at some point in the pretty near future. Guimarães would play with the 4-4-2 in goal, the Brazilian Douglas. The back line on the right side, Victor Garcia, the right back, Edmund Tapsoba and Pedro are the center back, pairing with Florent Hanin on the left. In the midfield, the right side is the Engl- it starts with the Englishman Marcus Edwards, Central midfielders João Carlos and Befica youth product Pepe with Davidson on the left. Up front, the tandem of Lucas Evangelista and Leo Bonatini are the strike partners. Bonatini, of course, the former Wolverhampton Wanderers striker um, who who shined really for, for Wolves when they were in the championship two seasons ago. Benfica also playing with the 4-4-2. Odie in goal, as always, in the Liga Nage. Undisputed starting goalkeeper. The right back was Tomás Tavares. Ruben Díaz and Ferro in central defense with Grimaldo playing on the left. Pizzi's the right-sided midfielder as the tandem of Gabriel and Terapt 
teamed up in the middle of the park with Franco Cervi playing down the left. The strike tandem, Vinicius, my cousin Vinny, and Chiquinho uh, round out the 11 for Benfica, coached, of course, by Bruno Lage. And we will go now right into the ticker as we get the match started. And right in, minute number two is a foul by Pepe of Vitoria Guimarães on Gabriel. Benfica with a corner early in the second minute, but nothing comes of it. And really, it was... uh, Benfica started slow in this match. Um, They were definitely uh, cautious going into this match, I think. Benfica were very cautious. I think that they they showed a lot of respect to Vitória Guimarães, probably more than most of you would like to see them show as... um, they really, even before the goal, Befica really, really um, did not risk much going forward. They really, I mean, you could see throughout the match, they're taking corner kicks with only four Befica players, you know, attacking in the box. They really played very, very conservative in this match, and um, I think that's a, I think that's a sign of respect to Vitória Guimarães. But that's also, I think, an effect of the atmosphere and of the situation. And, you know, different matches call for different situations. You can't play the same way every match. But really, I think, and I remember last year when they played there, if you remember, it was two matches in the same week. It was like a Tuesday and a Friday. It was, um, one was for the Tassas Portugal, the other for the league. And Befica really won 1-0 in both matches, just like they did in this one. They eked out a result, but really pushed to the limit and, you know, Gimenez has a fantastic fan base, and I know that the the two sets of fans were not on their best behavior in this match. Um, you know, again, terrific atmosphere. the The flares were flying. Obviously, it caused some delays in this match, but um, and I'm sure Benfica are going to be fined heavily or <laughs> somewhat heavily by the Liga Nage for that and for the the use of pyrotechnics, if you will, the use of the flares. And the throwing of them onto the pitch, which caused, like I said, a couple of delays. And um, I think that's what the Guimarães fan was most angry about, was that I don't think he felt enough stoppage time was given. Also, they're very upset about a certain sending off of another former Benfica uh, youth player later on in the match. But in the 14th, it is a foul by Franco Cervi as he brings down Marcus Edwards, the English winger. However... Vitória Guimarães cannot cannot um, capitalize on that free kick. Fifteenth minute, it is Adel Terapt in the attacking half, winning a free kick of his own. He's fouled by Edwards this time. Um, a lot of fouls going on, but in the 22nd minute, we get the breakthrough. Let's have a listen as Benfica are on the attack. Serve, dá a bola para Chiquinho, virou-se e vai bomba. Chiquinho, dá a bola para Pizinari para trás. Ainda serve, atirou, golo! Benfica! Serve! Grita! Grita que gola do Benfica da Sáquia! Oh, 
And that was the goal from Franco Cervi, putting Benfica on the on the board, putting them ahead in the match. 1-0, 22nd minute, and it was a nice build-up of play. Started with Ch- Cervi started the play down the left side, brought it across the field, found the feet of Chiquinho, who was, tra- who was checking into the middle of the park. Chiquinho then carries into space, finds PZ. PZ one-times it back into the direction of the area, um, it goes behind Chiquinho, but right on to Chervi's run, and Chervi hits the ball. Uh, it w- very light touch, actually. However, it was a very effective light touch as Chervi um, puts it out of the reach of the defender, and I do believe Douglas was screened on the play because I don't think he saw that ball until it was too long, until it was too far away from his reach. I mean, if you watch the replay, you can see that that it looked like the defender and the goalkeeper were blocking the same exact angle. And I think what happened was once the ball was out of the reach of the defender's outstretched legs, it was too late before Douglas saw it again. And by the time he reacted, that ball was in the back of the goal. Befica on the board first. Befica taking the very important lead on the road in Guimarães. And as we move forward in that first half, of course, let's get to the the polemica. Let's get to the play that everyone's talking about. Okay, um, the ball is is coming into Benfica's area, and you have Davidson backing into Ruben Dias, attempting a bicycle kick. Ruben Dias does get his arms around around Davidson. However. Okay, the whole anti-Benfica movement is calling for a penalty. I could play audio clips all day of of some of their comments about how what's if that's not a penalty kick, what is, and that the ball is pulled. It, it's all nonsense. These people are so obsessed with creating a narrative that Benfica somehow is being carried by referees when we have seen what <laughs> other teams have gotten away with and what other teams have been gifted in the past 30 years in Portuguese football. It's ridiculous. But, okay, the Guimarães player, Davidson, clearly backing into Ruben Dias, and he's backing and even falling into Ruben Dias as he goes to try a bicycle kick that's not even legal. I mean... There are two fouls there on him before you can even before you can even make any claim for a penalty against Ruben Dias. Ruben Dias stands his ground. He's backed into right there. That's a foul. Ruben Dias is being prevented from going up into the air to fight for that ball by the by the attacker. The attacker cannot lean on the defender to prevent him from going into the air for the ball. Okay. Secondly, he's ba- he's falling back so that he can attempt a bicycle kick in which he could probably take Ruben Dias's head off. Okay, dangerous play again. There's two fouls there. Neither of them were called, but they both would have been against Vitoria. Ruben Dias putting his arms around Davidson is because he's being knocked down with Davidson falling into his lap. Okay, uh, an absolute disgrace by by those elements in the media, those elements in broadcasting and in journalism, if they want to call it that, in trying to make a case. And yeah, Shiku Marks, Jota Marks. <laughs> who who blocked me on Twitter, blocked everybody else, by the way. Uh, he loved to tweet that out right away, that there's some kind of conspiracy there. Yeah, how about the way your team plays, huh? How about this, Jota Marks? Clear 
penalty against Alex Tells yesterday. Absolutely no, no consideration from George Souza. <laughs> they don't even go to the VAR because they know what the VAR is going to show that it would have been a penalty uh, against Porto. He clearly takes out Bolasi. All right, Jota March, did you uh, did you tweet about that? Probably not. All right, I digress. Let's get back to this match. Okay, I wanted to address that before uh, before I I passed over it, or just to get that out of the way, and let's talk about the match. Thirtieth minute, an uh, attempt is saved. Um, by Odi as Lukas Evangelista breaks down the right. He gets by Grimaldo, and he had a good game. Lukas Evangelista created some real dangerous opportunities, and he fires a right-footed shot from the center of the box. It's saved in the bottom right corner by Odiseas Vlacodimos. Corner kick conceded, but a good save by the Greek international goalkeeper. The ensuing Corner kick would result in a foul being awarded to Benfica as Tomas Tavares was fouled by Lucas Evangelista. And Lucas Evangelista would be shown the yellow card for that foul uh, here in the 30th minute. One minute later, it would be Shaquinho fouling Marcus Edwards, uh, but it was in the defensive half, allowing Vitoria to come out and play again. 36th minute, another free kick, this time to Guimarães again, and it was a bad call. This was a bad call, okay? Tomáš Tavares does not even touch Davidson. Davidson <laughs> uses his his shooting foot, okay? He's he's carrying the ball, and his shooting foot hits his... his <laughs> It hits his base foot, okay? So upe the puyu, the 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 plant foot. Sorry, I couldn't couldn't recall the word. The plant foot. So Lucas Evangelista essentially kicks his own plant leg out of the way, falls down, and the referee gives a free kick, calling a foul against Tomas Tavares, which was non existent. And clearly, you know, those that are talking conspiracy don't don't realize that. Apparently they forgot about this play. Dangerous free kick for Vitoria Guimarães and Pepe would take it. Odi would make a nice save and tip it up over the bar for another corner kick. 38th minute. It would be another attempt missed by Vitoria. It's João Teixeira this time. Right-footed shot from the right side of the box, but it was high and wide to the right. A minute later, João Teixeira again. He would, or João Carlos as we called him in the beginning of the, of the match. Now he's being... He's being called Drone Teixeira here in the report. Uh, he would fire a right-footed shot from the center of the box, saved in the center of the goal by Odie. And this came off of Victor Garcia cross. 40th minute, and Pepe with the foul now on Carlos Vinicius down the right wing. Benfica unable to do anything with it. 41st minute, an attempt is blocked as Gabriel has a left-footed shot from a difficult angle on the left. But it was blocked by the Vitoria defense, and um, it came off a cross from Grimaldo. We move 41st minute, and it's Davidson again, this time winning a free kick in the defensive half. And Tomáš Tavares again called for the foul, and this time shown the yellow card by the referee. Uh, and unfortunately, the referee is using the foul that he gave away in minutes earlier in which Tomas Tavares was not guilty of any foul as as reason for booking Tomas Tavares on this foul um, 
really poor job of officiating in this little sequence of plays here. But it would go for there. We would go past the 45-minute mark, and at 45-plus-3, the referee would blow for halftime, and the teams would retreat to the team room with the score, Vitoria Guimarães nil, Benfica 1. All right, let's take a little break, and we will come back with the second half. Stay right there. This is Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. So the first half ends with some delays, uh, with crowd trouble. Both sets of fans appear to be uh, to be shit. Both sets of fans look like they deserve their fair share of the blame for the delays in this one. As we saw chairs thrown onto the field by Vitoria fans, and we saw flares, <laughs> lit flares thrown onto the field by Benfica fans, players pleading with fans to stop. Um, there would be more of that, unfortunately, to say uh, as the match would go on. But the teams would take the pitch ag- again as halftime would come to an end. And Befica holding a 1-0 lead on the road. No changes were made at the halftime interval by either squad. And in the 45th minute, obviously the first minute of the second half, it is Carlos Vinicius kicking off to get the second half started. In the 48th minute... Uh, we have Tarapt receiving a throw-in from Grimaldo at the midfield stripe, more or less. But he is dispossessed. But then runs the ball down, runs about 15, 20 yards uh, chasing that ball and manages to steal it back from Davidson at the top of the center circle. And then continues on with the ball and plays a nice diagonal into space for the on-running Peasy, who tries to one-time the ball square for Vinicius, who is open, but it is cleared at the last second by, by Topsoba, the central back, who was a very, very good player in this matchup for Vitoria Topsoba. He, uh, he left his mark in this match. And I hope I'm saying his name right, but a uh, very good performance um, being lauded from, you know, high and low by everybody who covered this match. In the 49th minute, Evangelista gives the ball away on an errant pass that goes right to Pizzi, who immediately attacks the space. And then he finds Shikinu making a diagonal run to the corner of the penalty area. Shikinu tries to square it towards goal. But the back-tracking Evangelista blocks that attempt, and it goes out for a corner. PZ will take Befica's fourth corner of the match, and it it's an outswinger that finds the head of Carlos Vinicius, my cousin Vetti, with the header, but it is saved by the outstretched hand of Douglas. However, the whistle would blow as the referee would call a foul against Vinicius on the play. 52nd minute. Davidson is brought down by Gabriel. Tack- it was a tackle about 34 me- meters from the goal, according to the graphic on the screen. Yellow card to Gabriel. 
and nothing would come of the free kick, fortunately, as um, Vitorio would squander it. Vitorio Gimenez would squander that free kick. 53rd minute, Davidson again finding space between the defenders in the penalty area, but this time Ruben Diaz, outstretched leg, pokes the ball away at the last second, and it will go out for another corner kick. There were a lot of corner kicks in this match. Pepe's corner uh, arrives at the halfway point between the penalty spot and the goal line, and it is punched away out of the air by Odie. 54th minute, one minute later, it's Vitoria again. This time it is... Bonatini, and he tries a cross, but it's blocked by Ruben Diaz again and out for another corner. And again, Odi forced off his line to ensure uh, he is forced off his line so that he can come out and punch clear yet another corner. Benfica under pressure here um, as the host side is is pushing. However, the game would start to settle down at this point for a little bit. And in the 57th minute, it's Tarapt running at pace into the attacking third, but then he is viciously brought down from behind by João Teixeira. The referee would show the yellow card. Caution to João Teixeira, and that would be the end of the match for João Teixeira. 58th minute before the restart, Ivo Vieira would go to the bench, and the French player Poha would come in to, re to replace João Teixeira. At the hour mark, the 60th minute, it's Davidson again finding himself in possession in the middle third. Looks up and plays in Evangelista who gets tangled with Ruben and goes down. This time the referee says no, says no call. He tells them to play on and we're going the other way on the counterattack. And the ball finds its way to Vinicius who just can't get past Tapsoba. Uh, he he could have had a good chance there. But again, the center back for Vitoria Guimaraes. Fantastic performance in this match. He comes up big once again. 63rd minute, and it's Edwards this time, fouled by Cherdvi at midfield. And again, the flares begin to rain down from the balcony or from the upper level of the the stand behind the goal at the Dom Alphonse Enrique. I don't know if it's the north stand or if it's the <laughs> the south stand. I don't know which side of the the stadium the cameras are on in order to to um figure out which which end of the stadium that is. But it's the end where the Benfica fans were were um were sitting and um again we have another delay in the match. Uh, I think flares are a good thing for the atmosphere. Okay, I got to start off by saying that I think flares, colored smoke, things like that are all very, very good things that make our sport the best in the world. Okay, and make the atmospheres at our sport the best in the world. However, when it gets thrown from a from an upper level onto the pitch, in close proximity to people, anything can go wrong. Um, I don't understand. Why Benfica's winning? Why are we delaying the game? I mean, we're under a little bit of tr uh, uh, of mom we're under a little bit of pressure, sure. But I don't. We also were under control. We're under pressure, but we're under control at the same time. Uh, we were defending well. We didn't need fans to to break up the match. Um, for anyone that was there in attendance, I'm not. I'm not calling you out or anything like that. Um, just. 
You know, it's interesting how this happens in Portugal. It doesn't happen in other countries or in many other countries. It happens in Portugal. It happens in Greece. It happens in Russia, in places like that. Um, You know, just just this week, the the Boston Celtics here in the NBA had an incident where a fan threw a drink from the upper balcony that landed on the court, nearly missing some San Antonio Spurs player. Um that man was was yanked out of the stadium, arrested, and he's banned for life. And that was within less than twelve hours. All of that came down. I don't understand why in Portugal we have these 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 issues. We have these situations that continue to repeat themselves. In fact, there was a copycat the very next day at the Sporting Porto game with with another another flare being thrown on the, on the pitch. You know, stopping the match, forcing a a security worker to go out and get it. Um, but yet. You never hear of fans being banned in, in Portuguese football. You don't hear of things like that. You hear the clubs asking for more help from the government. Um, I don't think it's that hard. These stadiums should be equipped to handle this. Security guards should be able to see, especially this is a smaller stadium. This is a 30,000-seat stadium or so. Should be able to see who's throwing these things. But after a few minutes, play is resumed. So let's get back to the football 68th minute, good uh, good ball movement from Vitoria, uh, stringing together a ton of passes, eventually getting it to Davidson once again. Good game for the Brazilian. He's on the left, breaking in towards goal, and he crosses the ball by way of the Trivela outside of his foot. Odie is the first to it, but Odie bobbles it. Bonatini manages to poke at it and, and play it in the direction of Evangelista, who fires a shot. That goal forcing a nice right-handed save from Odi Vlacodimo. And just like that, Benfica very, very fortunate not to to have given away the lead here. Um, a, a mistake by, by Odysseus, but uh, he, he made up for it in the following save and he made up for it in the remaining, you know, in the rest of the match as he would not make another mistake in this match. And we have to say, despite this, what a season Odie is having. This is the guy that we all had written off, or at least in the, the club had written off. They told everybody, they told the whole world we were searching for a goalkeeper. And this guy just kept his mouth shut, just worked hard. He has improved incredibly. Um, he's incru- improved an incredible amount in coming out of his area, coming out and playing the ball. He's much better with his feet than he was last year. He comes out and clears balls with his head. He's making better decisions. Just massive improvement from the Greek international. And um, he's really one of the players of of the first half of the season for Benfica. Very, very big save there, um, making up for his mistake. We're in the 69th minute, and Ivo Vieira once again goes to the bench. This time it is Bruno Duarte coming on for Leo Bonatini. Not the best of performances for the former Wolves striker. As you can hear, Benfica Morda Minha Vida ringing out from the upper level of the stadium in the Dom Alfonso Henriques. And Benfica fans now getting the better of the sound for the first time in the match as um, the very, very passionate, very, very vocal Vitoria fan base was on fire for most of the match. The fatigue maybe is setting in here as we approach the 70-minute mark. And in the 71st minute, it's Bruno Lage making a change, and it is Seferovic coming on for my cousin Vinny. No goals today 
for the for the striker, but a lot of work, a high work rate for Carlos Vinicius. Uh, he's applauded. Seferovic comes on, and in the 74th, Gabriel now starting off uh, getting himself in a little bit of trouble, but he dribbles his way out of trouble in his own defensive third as he's traveling towards the right side of the of the defensive zone, finally getting enough space to turn and switch from the right side of the pitch all the way to the left. He finds Grimaldo in probably in the left I would say the left central corridor. Grimaldo starts carrying forward. The Spaniard is going at pace and then touches it all touch line wide to Chervi, who takes his first touch towards center and plays a nice ball to Chiquinho. Chiquinho tries a cute chip over the defenders into the penalty area on to PZ's run. But again, it is Tapsoba who is there first. And again, he clears it out to save the day for the Conquistadores do Norte. 75th minute. All right, quarter of an hour to go. Benfica um, are doing a good job of managing the match. They're not playing good football, but that was never going to be the case, in my opinion, in this match. Um, like I said, this is one of the toughest fixtures of the entire calendar, of the entire season, but Benfica are, are managing the match well. Um, what we are lacking in attacking play and in possession, we make up for in defensive shape and in territorial control, forcing Vitoria to either possess uh, further away from Odi's goal, aside from the, the couple of occasions where they came in, um, or we're forcing them to play direct, in which case Benfica are more than ready to defend against direct play. So it's the 77th minute, and Ivo Vieta makes his final substitution, and it is the former Benfica youth player, former Boavista player, Rochinha. He comes on, he replaces Evangelista, who's having himself a, a, a pretty decent match, um, and the Brazilian comes off, the Portuguese goes on, and in the 80th minute, Vitoria are attacking down the left again as Davidson turns after re receiving a pass from Rochinha. He beats Tomas Tavares and fires a goal, but it's just wide to Odi's right. 81st minute, it is Bruno Lage making a move as Andreas Samaris, Greek international, will come on in a tactical change. He replaces Chiquinho, so basically a defensive-minded midfielder for a attacker and uh, solidifying the midfield for Befica as uh, Vittorio Guimarães is starting to get some more chances. Uh, the manager doesn't wait any longer, and he plugs his, he puts his plug, if you will, into the middle of the pitch there in the form of Andrea Samaris. 83rd minute, another interruption as three more flares are thrown and um, presumably by Befica fans onto the pitch and uh, all signs point to it being Befica fans as they were lighting them off in the stadium, in the stand as well. I have no issue, like I said, when the flares are in the stand, I think that's cool. I think that should be encouraged. Um, once they're thrown onto the pitch, that, that that's a problem. Um not just from a security standpoint, but from from a a match play standpoint too. We're in the 85th, and Benfica are in possession now. As as Vitoria are tiring, uh, Benfica knocking the ball around. Vitoria look exhausted, too exhausted to change, to chase. Excuse me. The ball comes to Ruben Dias, who then tries a long one over the top to Tomas Tavares, who is running in behind. The teenager manages to bring the ball down and play into Pizzi, all with one touch. 
But the league's top goal scorer squanders his best chance of the match. He's one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper Douglas as the Brazilian goalkeeper comes up with the big save as it's out for a corner. PZ would then take the corner as Benfica send only three players into the penalty area. That's right, only three Benfica players in the penalty area. They got no chance on this penalty kick. Um, and it is headed away from, by, by Vitoria Guimarães as Benfica choosing not to risk anything. 89th minute and Vitoria are attacking down the left again. It's Davidson again, again against Tomáš Tavares. Tough day for Tomáš Tavares defensively. Um, and his cross, though, is blocked by Ruben Díaz again, who's, who's helping Tomáš Tavares greatly on that side of the pitch. Uh, Pepe will take another corner. And this one is headed away by Ferru. Uh, and Benfica break out into a little bit of a counterattack. And Seferovic is off to the races. But then he decides to dish square to PZ who holds up, cuts the ball back, and he takes a clip to his ankles as a result. This one's from Rashinha. Referee puts Rashinha in the book five or so minutes after he entered the match. I should say ten minutes after entering the match. Rashinha is in the referee's book. Um, Befica have a free kick from 27 meters away. It's Gabriel and Samadij over the ball. And Gabriel would be the one to take the free kick. He hits it well, and he forces Douglas to make a nice save, tipping the ball over the bar for another corner. The fourth official at this time puts up his placard and is showing six minutes of stoppage time. That's right, six minutes of stoppage time. And in the 90th plus two, Bruno Lage will move his final piece on the chessboard. Jetson Fernandes enters the match, replaces the captain, PZ. The armband goes to Ruben Dias. As Jetson comes in, PZ comes off. 90th plus three. Davidson fouled by Samadis. And Pepe's set piece is from 30 yards away. He delivers a nice ball. It's headed by Tapsoba, but it's over the bar. Uh, danger averted, but uh, Vitoria with, with a nice chance late to try to steal a point. 90th plus four now, another dangerous corner for Vitoria Gimenez. And Samadis is the one to head it away this time, but only as far as Davidson, who tries his luck, but it is it is blocked by Gabriel. And then Seferovic clears the rebound out. Only as far, maybe to the edge of the defensive third, where the defensive third of the field meets the middle third. Koshinia is there. Uh, he takes it down on the bounce, flips it up over his opponent, flips it up over Jetson, and um, he flips it up, but just a tad too far in front of him. And as he reaches to try to recover the ball, he... He reaches, and his lead foot comes down on the leg of Samadis. That's a problem for the young player, as that is a foul, and the referee has no choice but to call it and to show the yellow card. This is the second yellow card in just a few minutes for Hoshinya. So he will be sent off um, on this foul. Vitori Gimaraj down to 10 men. And the former Benfica youth player is headed for the showers a bit early, disappointed, um, all but killing the comeback for his side. Samadis is slow to recover from the knock, however, as he gets up slowly and starts walking it off. 90th plus 8 now after Samadis' treatment. 
and some more delays tarapt delays and delays and delays not to restart the not to take the restart continues to feign that he's going to that he's going to put the ball back into play finally the referee blows his whistle and shows the yellow card to tarapt meaning that the Moroccan international will miss the next match but it does guarantee he will be available for the Clasico against Sporting and I think anybody who knows this game uh knows that that was a bit of gamesmanship and that was a bit intentional with the intent of being uh, um, getting that suspension out of the way against Sportive de Zavj. But has Tarapt, has Tarapt opened the door for someone else to take his spot? Um, Tarapt's an important part of this team right now. I don't think so, but uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll see Weigel a little bit earlier. On Friday, as a result, we'll have to wait and see what happens. The referee would blow his whistle three times for full time. Shortly thereafter, Benfica pick up the three points, three very difficult points on the road against Vitoria Guimarães. Let's go now to the goal point ratings, starting with the home side, Vitoria Guimarães, Douglas 5.9, Garcia 6.0, Tapsoba 6.0, Pedro Henrique, 5.5. Florent, 5.3, the left back. In the midfield, Edwards, 6.1. Teixeira, 5.0. Pepe, 7.0. He was Vitoria's best player. Evangelista, 5.8. Davidson, 5.2. I would have rated him a little bit higher. I thought he was pretty good in this match, uh, aside from some of the theatrics and... and um, and whatnot, but in the second half, especially, he was good down down uh, the left side. Bonatini 5.0 for the substitutes that came in: Pohat 4.9, Bruno Duarte 4.9, and Rashinha 4.3. Benfica, Vacodimos 6.6 in goal. Tomas Tavares 5.6. Ruben Dias given a 4.2. Ferru 6.3. Grimaldo 5.3. Pizzi was a 6.0, Gabriel 6.2, Tarapt earning a 6.8, Chervi 6.5, and up front, Shikinyu 4.6, and Carlos Janisius 4.9, Seferovic the only substitute earning a rating with a 4.9. We look at some statistics here. Shots 12-6 to 6 in favor of Vitoria Guimaraes, with each team having four shots on goal. Shots in the area, five, seven to five in favor of Vitoria. Passes, Vitoria four hundred and twenty to Benfica's four hundred and sixty-eight. But the efficiency was both; they were both eighty-two percent efficient. The efficiency in the vertical pass, sixty-nine point nine percent efficient for Vitoria Guimarães to sixty-three point eight percent efficient for Benfica. Benfica were on the defensive end more than they were on the attacking. That's fair enough to say. We've got the possession 51% to, according to this, 51.9% to Benfica, 48.1% to Vitoria Guimaraes. It was the other way around for much of the match. Um, Vitoria was offside once, Benfica not at all. Um, fouls committed, Vitoria 12 to Benfica's 15. Duels won, 50-50, even battle. Uh, corners, 6 for Vitoria, 7 for Benfica. Crosses, 19 for Vitoria, 8 for Benfica. So that is uh, the match in a nutshell. And um, 
Benfica, like I said, this was a tough match. So I wasn't expecting a 4-0 or expecting some brilliant football. I was expecting exactly what we got. Um, I'm hoping that against Avj, it's a different story. And I hope we get back to seeing the type of football that we are used to from this Benfica side. And before we go this week, let's take a look at the table. So here we are in the Liga Nage. Benfica top of the table on 42 points, 14 victories, 1 defeat, 38 goals for, 5 goals against for a 33-goal difference. Porto are second, 38 points. Fumlicão are third, 27 points, while Sporting are fourth on 26. Vitória Guimarães and Braga, the two Minho rivals, are 5th and 6th respectively, both on 21 points. Riuav is 7th on 19. Bovista also on 19, as is Tondela, Vitoria and Vitoria Stubal. Uh, 11th place is Gil Vicente. They're one back with 18, as is Maritimo in 12th, also with 18. Morirense and Santa Clara are 13th and 14th with 17 points, while Code City is 15th on 15 points. Passos de Ferreira are out of the relegation zone for the first time this season. Uh, Peppa has pulled them out for the time being. They have 14 points, while Portimonense and Avge are 17th and 18th. 13 points and 6 points, respectively. Let's look at the stats, the leading goal scorers, as it stands right now in the Liga Nage. Pizzi is the top goal scorer with 11 goals. Teammate Carlos Vinicius, my cousin Vinny, is second with 10. Anderson Silva from Licão has 7, as does Zeluiz and Fabio Martins. Zeluiz of Porto, Fabio Martins of from Licão. Luiz Felipe of Sporting, Paulinho of Braga, Bruno Fernandes of Sporting, and Sandro Lima of Gil Vicente all have 6 goals. We look at assists really quickly. And PZ is top of that list as well with eight. Bruno Fernandes is second with seven. Grimaldo with six. Tecatito Corona also with six. Alex Tells with five. And Mehered, Mohamidi, Ailton Boamort, Chiquinho, our Chiquinho, Luciano Vieto, Ricardo Isgayu all have four assists. Carlos Vinicius, also interestingly enough, has retaken the lead in minutes per goal. He's got a goal every 56 minutes. Anderson Silva now won every 61 minutes. They've been battling it out in that statistic. Um, we're going to go now, lastly, to the fixture list for round 16, which starts Friday, January the 10th. It probably will have started by the time a lot of you are listening to this this podcast, and it starts with Benfica versus Avs at the Stadio de Luz on Friday. Santa Clara home to Rio Ave also on Friday. And then later on Friday, Moreirense at home to Football Club do Porto. Saturday, January 11th, Portimonense home to Passos Ferreira. Boa Vista home to Famalicão. While Sporting visit a very very ill, a very sick Vitoria Stubal, if you haven't heard. Vitoria Stubal had requested that the match be postponed due to the flu that has ripped through their team. Apparently 80% of their players are suffering severely from uh, the flu. Um, the same virus that wiped out, uh, I believe it was the Sporting Gijón, match in in Spain 
earlier this week, and um, the Spanish league had no problem. Well, I think it might have been the second division. I'm not sure where Gijon are placed right now, but. Uh, the, either way, the Spanish league uh, moved the fixture, whereas the Portuguese league will not do that for Vitoria Vitoria Stubal, excuse me. Um, really not a good look for the Liga Nage. Uh, so Vitoria Stubal are going to take the field with a mostly reserve squad. Three points for the Lions on that one, and they can rest players before they face us in the following round. It is what it is, I suppose. And then on Sunday, Gil Vicente host Code City. Maritimo host Vitória Guimarães and Braga hosting Tondela. All right, just a little bit of programming note. I got a lot of stuff I'm working on right now. Um, I've got a lot of stuff that is in the works, I'm meaning I've already recorded parts of of three different podcast episodes. So there's going to be a lot of, of content coming your way, a little bit some different stuff as well. As you know by now, um, if you've been listening to the show, I'm working on a end of the decade series uh, that is very much um, taking up a lot of most of my my free time as I continue to plug away at that. Um, also, we have a Abe Fika watch along that will be released on Sunday, Sunday the 12th, as that is the sixth anniversary of the match against Porto, the the 11 Ozebus match. The match in which we honored uh, the legend Ozebu just days or perhaps a week or so after his passing. Um, really going to do everything I can to get that out on Sunday. Also, I have decided to go a little bit out of my comfort zone here. And um, those of you that follow me on Instagram saw my Instagram story this week. Um, I was giving a lot of love to Benfica basketball this week. Big win. Big win in the FIBA Europe Cup. Over, over Becken Bears of the Danish League. Um, Befica's basketball team is, is right in it this year. This is they're a fun team to watch. All right, uh, don't judge until you try it. But um, I'm working on a a review of that match. Yeah, I'm gonna review a basketball game. Um, going way out of my comfort zone. Um, it's gonna be much more of a fan review, I think, than it will be any kind of a tactical review. I've never coached the sport of basketball. I barely played it. I was a very, very bad point guard up until age, uh, I don't know, 12 or so. Um, I was a very, very bad point guard. I was the shortest one on the team every season. And uh, um, I know I had my shots blocked many, many times. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a go and try to give it a, a good review um, in basketball and see what the Try to gauge what the interest is for that. We also have, like I said this weekend, we got Benfica versus Sporting Women's Football. Um, obviously, if that if a video of that match is available, I will no doubt review it. All right. Um, don't know how soon, but at some point there will be a review of that match. So long as I can get uh, access to the video, so that I can watch it. And that is going to be it for episode 44 tonight. Thank you for bearing with me here. I hope everyone has a great weekend. hope everyone enjoys the match. Um, Looking to get three more points for Benfica. Looking to get ready because we've got some big matches coming up. The fixture list is congested. Um, The transfer window still has a couple weeks in it. We'll see what else comes, comes our way. Um, And perhaps some other players on their way out. So... 
stay uh, stay tuned to this space. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been Mr. Benfica, a production of the PTB Podcast Network. I have been your host, the Mr. Mike Agustino. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Cajega Benfica. Forza Benfica. We do this pelo Benfica because we are Benfica. Damu 38.
Hoje é dia de festa e eu quero juntar Minha voz aos milhares no estádio a cantar Ninguém pode parar essa onda danada É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar a vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar Esse clima de festa não vai acabar Sem mais uma vitória pra comemorar É ser bem glorioso, é o meu campeão É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar a vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar Chegou e agora vai arrasar A vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, 